Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, and Linktree. And you can also listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. We are found on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, America's Captors. America's Captors is an epistle of the end time of the end of days presenting a prophetic warning to America and the nations. Do not miss this post. Christian Living Turbulent End Times Christian living in such uncertain times can be hard, difficult. Paul said these would be perilous times. For sure we are there. Do not miss this post. Choice, Chance, and Consequences In getting understanding, get this. Choice, Chance, and Consequences Righteousness can rule in the hearts of people who have been redeemed through Christ Jesus. Do not miss this post, Finite Life and the Infinite Truth. Finite life and the infinite truth means living life and knowing there is an eternal God. People's societies are bent led by feeling and hedonism. And the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Burden of Egypt, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 31 on Battle Lines. We find much today in our reading of Egypt. The distance between the Old and New Testament is only paralleled by the prophecies of the Lord. And do not miss this post on danaglinsmith.com. Israel... Israeli-Middle East struggle for peace with people who want no peace. Biden's anti-Israel proclivities have taken hold. Israel's enemies are emboldened, all because a Marxist political threat has taken over the government of America. Be sure to get your book by the Watchman, The Rising. It's a fiction Christian thriller. It talks about things that are going on now in America, so it's, it's really 
a good read, so be sure to get your copy. And you can get it by going over to danaglinsmith.com where you can visit our Christian books and resource shop and that where we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And you can also sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter on danaglinsmith.com. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Thursday already. Yes, thank God. A lot of things going on in D.C. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're better off not knowing. That's probably true. They are having the J6 Committee of Knuckleheads gathering there. That is so wicked. I just hate it. And, uh... You know, the Democrats have pushed all this stuff when when Trump was in office. Just one thing after another. And they met, and you know, we had all kinds of investigations come to find out that Hillary was behind a lot of it. Yeah, shock, shock. And two lawyers so far have been... Uh, you know, involved in that. One got off, and that's because uh, the trial was in D.C. Go figure. And uh, so the whole thing is just, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just a bunch of rabbit holes to run down with no real leads or nothing going on. That's true. So I don't know how long they're going to have this show trial or whatever they're doing. But they're full of it. And, I think uh, it's tragic that they're wasting all this time and money trying to destroy Trump. And when they could further, further um, things in the United States and help people. Well, you know, they... It's total wickedness. They're afraid of Trump. They are. That's why they're trying to destroy him. And uh, uh, Cheney hates Trump, so that's her deal. And she's uh, she's known as a Republican in Congress, but she was disowned, uh, kicked out, or whatever they call it, out of the Wyoming yeah. uh, Republican Party. So uh, I don't know how she's running or what she's doing, but I don't know uh, how she's doing it either. But she is. She's got a lot of big money behind her. She has a ton of big money, and it's all from out of state. I would say most of it. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, politics aside, America's in a mess because of Biden and the Democrat agenda. And that's all there is to it. But we are 
You know, the Lord did say that he would give you babes to be your rulers. He actually told the children of Israel that. That's right. And that applies to us because we've got a child in, in a whole bunch of them. And so it is a mess. But at any rate, we're not going to be discussing that. We're going on. We're in Isaiah okay. 45. So I'll see you on the other side. Oh, I was just going to read this. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Righteous salvation declares this. It's Isaiah's prophetic book, one th- part 134. Can the clay stop the potter or challenge him who is above all and in all? The righteous salvation calls out to a captive Judah who is delivered as well as a modern technology-filled world and proves that man cannot save himself. Yet, as we come to part 134, we continue with the truths of the plight of Judah and of all creation. Without the Lord, we find no deliverance, no hope, and no salvation. Today, man has a hard time grasping the fact that their modern utopian society is neither righteous nor holy, and nor will it end well. The end of all things has been written from the beginning. Where is wisdom? Is there hope in man's idols? The challenge is made here. What say you? And now back to you. Thank you, Tower. Righteous Salvation, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 134. You know, the thing about it, you know, in this whole study... Every once in a while, you, you'll you come up with something that is just right on here. I mean, it's just like, you know, the world needs to hear this. Isaiah 45, verse 5 is where we left off. And we start this week on 45, 6. But I'm going to read them both to you. You know, so where we left off was, I am the Lord, there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Now the word gird is like a military belt. And, of course, the Lord had prepared Cyrus. And, uh, we're, you know, when you look at the work that God did with Cyrus, preparing him, putting military belt on him, and opening everything up for him to deliver Judah. Then verse 6 It goes in, it says, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me, I am the Lord, there is none else. Now you see, the delineation here, I am the Lord, verse, you know, that's verse 5 of chapter 45. There is no God beside me. You can't argue it. Flat statement. And he ends 45.6 with, let's see, it says that there is none beside me, I am the Lord, there is none else. There is none else, folks. There is none other gods, there is none other deliverance, there is none other nothing. You know, this is it, this is the bottom line. And the Lord God sent his son, Yahshua, Jesus, 
to die on the cross and bring us redemption. There is no other Savior. There is none else. And so we have a positive, a statement that cannot be argued. Now, of course, you can, you can argue it, but it really can't be argued. Because can the thing that is made tell to the one who made him you didn't do it or you can't do it? I mean, what can you do? See, we, we try to do that now all the time in science. And we've gotten to the point through our technology that we think we're gods. And we're going to just tell God how it is supposed to be. Now, you can find that rebellion, by the way, in Psalm 2. It's pretty clear in there. And at the end of that psalm, he says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Now, you kiss the son today by receiving him, repenting and receiving him, and believing on him and walking in the light as he is in the light. Because when he comes, he's going to put down every bit of sin. So this is, this is the thing. You know, he sent Judah into captivity for 70 years. You know that. We've talked about this a lot. Now it's over. And he's going to go get his people. And Babylon also sinned in all of this. So he's going to judge them. And so we pick Cyrus out. And we've talked about Cyrus. Who is going to go do the job. I mean it's an amazing thing how this works. And it's just like if you look at America and you see what's happening here. There were other hands behind this. There's a reason why that all this has happened. Now, I recently finished an article. I call it an epistle. America's Captors. You go over to warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com, and read that article. You will find out who the captors are in America today. Because this is as pertinent to Isaiah as it is to us today. Isaiah would not have been in that predicament. I mean, the children of Israel. If uh, they didn't have their own captors, their own troubles. And if you think God is sitting up there saying, that's okay, boys. You're wrong. He's a holy God. And he's in charge. And he knows everybody that's, that's plotting, taking over, and causing trouble in America right now. And you need to be encouraged with that. He also knows everybody in Pakistan and India and around the world that have been murdering and killing and raping innocent people and killing Christians, among others, thinking they're never going to get caught because they belong to uh, ISIS or they belong to Boko Haram or some other such thing. You are not going to be saved by the governments of men by the mayor, by the sheriff, by the judges, by the system, 
from this God. Because everything, everything is sheer vanity in the sight of God. And in all of this world, there's one, one point to redeem those and reset them back so that they can become the sons of God. Get the inheritance back. And so as God through Christ today is resetting our inheritance, saving us to give us back our original place and inheritance as sons of God, so too God worked through Israel. And when they sinned, he didn't let them get away with it. But when the time came, he redeemed them. And so when we look at verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is none else. And as we followed all of these events clear from Assyria at the gates of Jerusalem, we now see the Lord's hands with the conquest of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. And he was king of one of the most largest and beautiful, powerful kingdoms on earth. Then the Lord called Assyria to Jerusalem. And it looked like Assyria was going to destroy Jerusalem for their sins. At this time, King Hezekiah was there. And so was Isaiah. But on the final day, when the children of Israel woke up, the army was destroyed and Sennacherib had fled and ended up being killed by his sons in the house of his God. And then the Lord called Cyrus to crush Babylon to release Judah. Cyrus conquered Babylon the mightiest kingdom at that time. Cyrus recognized publicly the Lord God of Israel who called him. With all the pagan kings and powers, he recognized the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Cyrus's influence and laws and stuff were written into the Medo-Persian Empire that would soon follow. Now it's interesting to note when we get in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 11, we see this phrase again. For from the rising of the sun even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name. And a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. From the rising of the sun to the going down. The full scope of the sky. We see it come in, up in the morning in the far east. And you can't see. The sun comes up and that's the very beginning for us from this vantage point.
But everybody has the vantage point when they look at that sun, but they're not in the same place. You can literally go around the earth and see the rising of the sun all the time. Just like you can go around the earth and to see the setting of the sun the same way. And see, when you look at God, there's no end. There's no end to his kingdom, no end to his goodness. In the beginning, there was God. In the beginning, God. What was before God? There was no before God. Tower and I have talked about that a lot. Wondering, what was before God? But see, the thing we, we need to be thinking is, what's after man? What's after the earth? What's after God redeems us? Because there's a lot of people that are not going to make it. They could have made it, but they ignored it. They un- they don't have any belief. Today I've seen an article uh, about a pastor from the Methodist Church. I know about Methodists. My whole family would go to the Methodists. At one time, the Methodist Church was known as the Shouting Methodists. And they they had a methodical way of studying the Bible. A number of them did. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, we have been considering this because of Israel and what's going on in Israel and what is going on in Iran and Russia and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And many people wonder if it's time for the Ezekiel 38-39 scenario. But in verse 23, it says, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself. I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel 39, 21, And I'll set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed in my hand that I have laid upon them. I'll tell you, you get over to Revelation, you're going to read, you're going to read stuff. And there, you're going to see that the rich man and poor man and the famous and the not so famous are all going to be there on that day. Calling upon the rocks and the hills and the mountains to fall on them and hide them from him who sits upon the throne, for the day of his wrath has come. It's interesting that we see that in Revelation. It's interesting that we even read it, because a lot of people spend most of their time denying that God even exists, or that he's not concerned about the nations, let alone judging people. God is love, so they don't believe they need to repent of their abominations. But you see, when you reach the point of revelations, kids, you know, you've been going to such and such a church, or you haven't been going to such and such a church, everything is going to be related to what you did with the Lord. 
Did you receive him? Did you walk in the light? Are you his disciple? He'll know every abomination, everything he ever did, and if you're a believer, he will know it. You're not going to be able to argue with him. And the children of Israel couldn't argue with him. God said, I'm going to deliver you. They were in captivity. They couldn't do nothing. And it was Jeremiah who tried to warn Israel in the first point, uh, first place <laughs> that they need to repent, pay attention, and they didn't do it. So then by the time you get up to the captivity, you find the prophet Daniel now trying to talk to the... <laughs> captive Jews that were there telling that it's telling them that it's time for God to deliver us because he had found in the words of the book of Jeremiah that the 70 years and he calculated it was over you see God has a beginning and an end as far as judgment is concerned for man and grace one day will end for man and it's, t and it's time to understand. You need to stop messing around and get right with the Lord and stay that way. Now you see that one preacher, it was a woman. And they quoted her as saying, this is a woman in charge of some church. I, I don't know her, don't know much about her. But in the article they said her purse was uh, first words was God is nothing and of course she was a certain type of preacher we have all kinds of preachers but apparently this preacher didn't seem to know who the Lord the Lord was and there's a lot of them kind of churches that believe and, and I've talked about them before they're here everywhere and one thing the Lord warned us about in these end of days is deception. If you're a preacher preaching and your whole format is God is nothing, then I can't even begin to tell you how foolish you are. What's more, the things that you're doing to the people listening to you is even worse. We live in America. And the most important thing in America today is wokeness. And they've carried this to the point of absurdity. But you cannot tell them. And they go around and they're robbing and stealing and killing people in this country like you wouldn't believe. All of that's going to be rewarded on that day. So here's the Lord again. Verse 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. And of course, you have a lot of people that will believe that. I told you God was evil. It's not in that context. Yeah, it's kind of funny that you think God is evil and you refuse to look at your own works. Now see, when we talk of light and Christ talks of light, 
we are the light of the world as Christ was the light of the world and is the light of the world that represents knowledge also innocence purity and also the faith of Christ and it also is connected with prosperity in the fact that you're going to know the truth the truth will set you free and you will prosper in the path that you're walking doesn't mean you're going to become millionaires and then opposite of course is darkness or adversity and when you look at America just like you look at Judah and the northern tribes there's one reason they got sent into captivity there's one reason the northern tribes were carried away captive and they were carried away by the Assyrians by Sennacherib's dad father very famous guy Sennacherib thought he would try it with Judah but instead his army was destroyed and he was killed by his own sons didn't work out very well and I like what Kyle and Delise says about this it is emblematically true also that calamity ignorance disappointment and want of success are ordered by him why would you have calamity well for one reason in the Bible it says in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world the Lord says we are in a world of evil and wicked and the world hates us so do not be surprised if they hate you the Lord says the servant is not above his master they hated me they will hate you Paul also said through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God in Revelation it says the overcomers this is who they are they overcame past tense by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death now you see none of that is like happy-go-lucky lucky uh, wonderful cute great I'm going to be rich I can drive a Cadillac and be in a big car and everybody's going to know I'm a Christian and want to be a Christian no that's not how this works first of all enmity with the world when you talk about enmity with the world God says friendship with the world is enmity with God it's against God and when the church and the Christian is too friendly with the world too soft and loving all the things of the world it's enmity it works against God And, of course, they go on to say, not less true that all the moral darkness or evil that prevails on earth is under the direction and ordering of his providence. There is no reason to think, however, that the words darkness and evil are to be understood as referring to moral darkness, that is, sin. But the thing of it is, 
when Sodom and Gomorrah got so wicked, God did send a judgment for their wickedness. And that destroyed the whole place. But in his righteousness, that was a moral thing that he could do, although the things that sent were evil in that they took lives and destroyed them. Now, you may not be able to live like that. I remember in college, in our Life of Christ class, our teacher, who was a doctor of theology, said, I can live with a hurricane or a tornado that's actually sent by God easier than I can live with a tornado or hurricane sent by the devil. But you see, in this world, we can also believe for deliverance. And the Lord instructed us to keep us from the evil. Matter of fact, the Lord prays in John, I pray thee, Father, that you would not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. In the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, we pray, do not lead us into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We are commanded to pray in Luke. Matter of fact, it says, pray always that you will be counted worthy to escape all these things that are going to come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. See, God knew from the beginning what was going to happen. And he called the end from the beginning. These are things that are going to happen. And so when the Lord goes through some of these things, and you can get into Matthew 24, you can get into Mark 13, Luke 21, and you can get in the book of Revelation, you, you can get in a lot of the other chapters, Second Thessalonians, you can, a lot of that. You can look at it all. And you're going to find that there are events that are going to happen. There is going to come a beast we know him or think of him as the Antichrist. We know that they're going to take him out. We know these things. And God allows them to be on this earth. But one day the judgment of the Lord is going to be final. Now, you see, if we look at the situation we have here with Judah, Babylon, and everything, and considering what Kyle and Delish says and all these others, the reasoning is the Lord is the governor of the nations. We're doing a study on this on Fridays. He sent Judah into captivity. He called Babylon to take Judah. Seventy years later, he called Cyrus to overthrow Babylon to set Judah free. He sent Judah back to Jerusalem. And that's what Cyrus was commissioned to do. 
to rebuild the temple and Jerusalem. All of that was under God's design. All of it was called and done. And he used Cyrus to do it. It's a small thing for God to do that. So if you look at America and you wonder what has happened to it, there's America's captors that have caused this. And it is here today, and the way we are in America, they will stay here, and that which God has called upon America will take place unless we can turn around and do the things we need to do to save America. Trump is not going to save America. Now, he can do a lot to get us in the direction. But it's more than just getting a Republican in. It's more than getting rid of the Democrats. Because God controls all things. Now, I like this, especially today. Think on this. Nahum 1, 7 through 8. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. But with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. Now you have two outcomes. One's a good one, one's a bad one. Because there are those who are the enemies of God. If you love death, and I mean spiritual death as well, then just hate the Lord. Now see, I know something about this kind of stuff. Because at one point a long time ago, after I was in the ministry, I had an argument with the Lord. I never stopped believing. I never went off and done anything, but I just had a problem with an aspect. Well, we finally got it worked out because by the time the Lord started persuading me, I cried uncle. And when I cried uncle, I finally understood but you see, the thing about man, sometimes you need to get to that point where you cry, uncle, so God can save your soul because you have a right of choice. Now, see, there's other people that have a hardened conscience, and God knows that. And they will never come to the Lord. There's people that are dead set on their God, which tells them, to rape, pillage, and kill Christians and Jews. No matter what, that's what they're there to do. And if they die, they're going to go to their paradise and have all the fruits of a paradise kingdom. The problem with all of that, it isn't true. And we have a lot of people on the earth that have their own little shtick going on and groups of people that have convinced a whole bunch of people this is what you do to be saved. There is only one Savior. 
There is only one Lord God. There is only one Son of God. There is only one atonement for all men in their sins. There is only one way. Period. For Jew and Gentile. And that's it. And that's what you need to do. Now in Joel, it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is at nigh, it is nigh at hand. Now this is the day of the Lord. Now see, <laughs> when you get into the topics of the day of the Lord, I can guarantee you, a true day of the Lord is not a place you want to be. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There has not been ever the like, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. This thing was coming upon the people, and it has never been like that before. And I can guarantee you that when we talk about America and a day of the Lord, many years ago, one of my first books I wrote was D-Day for America, where I put in it that America, there would be a day like a D-Day for America, like when the Allies got everything together to invade on D-Day in order to set Europe free. But only on this D-Day for America, the enemies of America would set up and invade America. That was a long time ago. And I can tell you that that warning is still there. And it will be a day of darkness and gloominess. And just because you live in America, or you have a lot of money, or you're talented, or you know Kung Fu, or Chai Wee, or whatever it is, that ain't going to help. You see, in judgment, there's two things that happen. There are those who receive mercy. There are those who don't. And there will be an end of wickedness and a kingdom of righteousness. So you figure out which side you want to be on. In verse 8, Isaiah 45, Drop down, you heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation. Let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Now, this is a little phrase. And, of course, in all of these phrases, we want to remember the captives that are in Babylon, the incoming of Cyrus, the setting free of them, the destruction of Babylon, and the people returning to Jerusalem. After 70 years... And so when you've been in captivity, and see, 
Let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up. Let them bring forth salvation. Let the righteousness spring up together. When I read this, it's very poetic. But it reminds me of a heavy downfall of rain in the spring. Your crops have not come up yet. They've been in the ground for a while. But all of a sudden, one day, the sun goes away behind the clouds. And it starts raining. And it just opens up. And it just pours down rain. You've never seen a rain like that. And as it goes in, all of a sudden them flowers and all the stuff you planted just begins to come up. And that's what this reminds me of. Because they're pouring down righteousness which comes from the Lord. There's one time that righteousness did come down. And that was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all men. They were Christians. They were believers. And so when you look at them captives returning, they had been in Babylon, and some of them picked up some bad habits from Babylon. Most of them forgot how to do the law. That's why they needed Ezra. That's why they needed somebody to teach them. And a lot of other things happened. Their dates, their time, everything changed because they had been in Babylon so long. So they're coming back. They have no money. Many of them don't even know how to get back. Many of them don't even know what Jerusalem like looks like because these are the kids that were birthed in Babylon. But the sovereignty of the Lord who guided the nations, the men and nations, like Cyrus, and who raises up nations and destroys other nations, he brought down Babylon. But you see, when when you think of the return of those captives, those people, to Jerusalem, you think of the reuniting of them with their home. And so just as we look at, you know, a fresh rain, and it brings forth salvation, and that's the, that's the thing we see in this, is life and blessing and hope, and everything is new. And you're not looking at the bad things because they're behind you. You've been delivered. Things are opening up. You're going back. You're free, totally set free. Now, you see, when Yahshua saves people, that's the way you feel. It, you have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You have righteousness. You have been changed. I can tell you that part is so true. And that's the way God works. 
if you're unrighteous, if you're stubborn, if you're killing people, you're going to find the wrath of God. Scripture tells us anyway about that wrath. But when Moses wanted to see the Lord, the Lord called out about the Lord, the Lord God, full of mercy and righteousness, who have extended redemption to thousands and thousands and thousands of generations who have called upon him. And so when you look at America, and America is supposed to be home of the brave, land of the free. It's supposed to be that one land where people all over the world can come and be safe and raise a family. But what you're getting in through the border, you're getting people that are thugs and thieves. You have a lot of Mexican cartels down at the border running things. You have foreign terrorists coming in through the border. And you're not going to find life here. Because America is in judgment right now. Now see, that's... Judah was in judgment, but no more. That's why you can look up and... You know, you're not seeing... You know... When you see rain in our part, and a real good rain, the clouds are going to be dark. But see, when you have this kind of a day, when the clouds gather, and it's going to pour rain, and you're on a parched earth, you want the rain. Because it gives life. And it's the same way with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It gives life to men. God's mercy gives life to to the nations. God's mercy after 70 years to Judah gave them life and you've got Israel back in the land. A lot of them are Judah. There's a lot of other nations of, I mean uh, uh, tribes that are represented in Israel now. They're growing because they're going to be united. And uh, they're coming back. And why are they coming back from the nations? Because the nations that they're in are in turmoil. God said, I'm going to bring them back. Meanwhile, there's people that want to take Jerusalem and Israel itself, the land, away from Israel itself. See, this is the whole crux of the end of days as well. In Psalm 85, I like this. Verse 9. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Wouldn't that be nice if we had righteousness and peace actually shaking hands, let alone kissing one another? But we spend so much time on social media and up in Washington, D.C., where is the Department of Corruption. We do more arguing, more hating, more venom, more plotting, 
more division. A nation can't stand divided. We are divided. And our enemies become those of our own household, those of the other, you know, it's Republicans against Democrats. That's the corrupt truth in America today. Verse 11, truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Now, I don't know about you, but I know, as far as Judah coming back in the land, they wanted God's righteousness to look down from heaven upon them. They wanted mercy. They wanted to walk in the truth. They wanted to see finally peace and a righteousness where God is not angry with them, where they're in a right relationship with their God. It's the same thing today. We've got people that aren't saved, people that do not know the Lord, and judgment is coming. If there was ever a time for you to accept Yahshua, Jesus, it's now to get right with God. Because you're never going to have the right, the peace without him. You can be deceived. But the one thing that we hear about from overseas, from the Muslims, especially the Muslim women, they want peace. They want joy. I seen another thing from another guy who was a Muslim. He said, I've been a Muslim all my life. But he says, I want to know about Christians. I want to know about Christianity. I want to know about your God. See, in all these upheaval, there's one God. And there's a lot of nations. God does not love America more than he loves Russia. God does not love Israel more than he loves Russia or any other nation. But yet he has a connection to Israel that goes back to the beginning. But in his righteousness, he will reward those who call upon him no matter what color you are, what faith you are, what, whatever you are, it doesn't matter in God's eyes. Because in the end, it's not about religion. It's not about being a Catholic or a Lutheran or any other type of religious affiliation. It is about knowing the Lord God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Knowing the Savior. In verse 9 it says, Woe unto him that strives with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou, or thy work? He has no hand. Now, you see, we strive 
with the Lord. We do. Man does. I did. Sinners do. Matter of fact, if you don't believe, you're in trouble to begin with. Read John 3.16 and keep reading. And then read it again until you finally understand it. You'll have to read probably a context of six to eight verses after John 3.16. Because that's the message. In context, don't take it out of context. Most people take John 3.16 and go down the road. That's, that is not understanding redemption. Now, you see the problem that Judah always had, including the northern tribes. You know, God told them in the beginning. Do not do as the other nations do. But what did they do? (laughs) They did what the other nations did. Judah was bringing their children, passing them through the fire to Baal. I mean, where is that in the Torah? It isn't. They were into a lot of things. So that's what you have to understand. Verse 40 and 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, my judgment is passed over my God. Over from my God. And that's what we say in America. That's what we say in the world. Uh, You know, the Lord doesn't pay any attention. He can't see us. He doesn't care. So we go in our abominations. We get away with it. We feel good and comfortable in our sins. So we never repent. But you see, just because God didn't correct you at that moment, it does not mean he approves. That's why they say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's about time that America understood what Judah found out. Be careful how you walk before the Lord, especially if you're a nation, and especially when you get comfortable in a nation, especially when you think you can do anything you want to. Especially when you're killing a bunch of children and babies and you want to kill babies beyond the birth and make it legitimate. We have states that have done that. Woe unto thee, O harlot, for the blood guilt that thou hast spilt will be on your head. Father, we thank you for this word. We bless you for this word undertaken the lives of those who hear it whenever they do and in Jesus name I bind you Satan and the powers of darkness from the preaching teaching streaming of this word okay tower say okay. a quick word we're getting out of here okay well good night everybody thank you for joining us we love you and we pray for you please pray for your brethren and for us and we hope the best for you stay safe good night everybody don't forget to go by warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Be safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.